I'm pretty excited about this. As you know, over the past number of years, we have been doing a series on the Gospel of Luke. We've been going through it uh, chapter by chapter, passage by passage, and you'll never guess the passage that we have for today, Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus. How about that? I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to read to you this morning from Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to read the first 12 verses. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. God, I thank you for this beautiful account of the resurrection of Jesus. As we reflect upon these events, we ask that your spirit would guide us, give us a fresh reading, and help us to know how to apply this to our own lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever heard the saying, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is? Well, that is a good rule of thumb because there are a lot of claims of great news that ultimately are not true. So if you get an email from someone from another country, someone you don't know, uh, saying that they are going to give you $1 million, uh, that seems to be really good but it's probably too good to be true. It's probably not an accurate situation. It's not someone who is willing to really give you. And so if you've responded to one of those emails, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you're probably not going to get that $1 million. Uh, so often when we hear these claims of something that seems to be so great, it is too good to be true. We need, however, to distinguish between what is true and what is false, because not everything that is good is also false. And so we need to take the same principle and apply it to the resurrection. We have to look at the story of Jesus rising from the dead, and we have to ask ourselves, is this too good to be true? After all, we are expected to share this message that Jesus is risen. 
And how will our friends and family respond to that? Will they interpret it as too good to be true? We're going to take a look at the story of the resurrection. We're going to look at the first witnesses of the resurrection and how it worked for them as they shared the story. So we've seen how Jesus was arrested, he was condemned, he was crucified, he died, and he was buried. Now, normally a body would be prepared, because remember, there's no funeral homes back then, so it would be friends and family that would prepare the body. But Jesus died on a Friday, and Sabbath starts at sundown on Friday night and lasts through all of Saturday. And Jews were forbidden to do any work, so they couldn't do anything to prepare the body. And so that brings us to Sunday morning, when some people came to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body, to bring the spices and all the other things that they would do as a part of their tradition. Now, when you think of disciples of Jesus, what is the image that comes to mind? Probably it's some guy with a beard and a long robe. But the thing is, not every disciple of Jesus was a guy. There were female disciples. There were disciples who, uh, who were women who spent time with Jesus, who learned from his teaching, who traveled with him, and who were equipped for ministry by him. And some of these disciples, some of these women, were the first ones to come to the tomb. They came there to prepare the body. When they got to the tomb, they were shocked by what they saw. The first thing that they saw was that the stone that was the covering for the tomb was rolled away. And not only that, when they walked into the tomb, they saw that the tomb was empty. There was no body. Then they encountered a couple of men who we know to be angels. And these angels pass on the message that Jesus is no longer dead. He is alive. And it's important for us to see how these women respond to it. We don't actually see any sense of doubt on their part. In fact, they believe so much that they are overcome with fear, uh, proper healthy fear of being in the presence of God's power. They know that some incredible miracle has taken place and that, that fills them with fear. Uh, not an unhealthy fear, but a good fear. The kind of fear that we should feel when we are in the presence of great power. And so they hear the message, Jesus is alive. And so they go back to the other disciples, to the 11. That is, those uh, special disciples who were known as apostles, minus Judas, who had betrayed Jesus. And they bring the message that Jesus is alive. And how do the disciples, the apostles, respond? They respond in doubt. They don't believe the women. Why don't they believe the women? Well, it's possible because in the Jewish tradition at the time, uh, a woman's testimony wasn't accepted. That might be part of it. But also, I think, to them, it seemed too good to be true. But the angels, they had told the women and had reminded, of them, reminded them that Jesus had predicted it. He had predicted that he would die and that he would rise again. 
So why wouldn't the apostles accept that? Well, they did believe that Jesus would rise again. But they probably believed that that would happen at the same time that all of God's people would be raised on the last day. They believed in a day of resurrection where God would raise the righteous. And perhaps they had interpreted Jesus' words as being about that day. And so they believed he would rise, but he wouldn't rise today. He would rise however long in the future it would take for that last day to appear. That was probably part of what was going on. But what about that third day reference? Well, Jesus said a lot of mysterious things. We can't always know and understand what he was saying. Maybe it was one of those symbols, one of, one of those strange images that he would often use. Maybe that's why they didn't believe. But Peter, at least Peter, was willing to go and check things out. So he ran to the tomb. And I love the fact that he runs to the tomb. He doesn't walk casually like, oh, this will be some interesting thing to learn about. He is eager to find out, is it too good to be true? Is it possible that Jesus really is alive? And he gets to the tomb and he goes in and he sees that it's empty. And he sees the grave clothes, the linen that the body had been wrapped in, that it is still there, but there is no body. And what does Luke say? Luke says that Peter wondered what had happened. He didn't respond by saying, oh, the women were correct. They were right in what they said. Rather, he just wondered what had happened. He still had some doubt. This is Peter. This is the rock that Jesus said he was going to build his church on. And even Peter was struggling with the truth of what had taken place. It's not that they were choosing to be unbelieving. Rather, they were seeing this as something that was too good to be true. What about us? How does this affect us? Well, we have to ask ourselves, what is the message of the church? What is it that we are supposed to share? Well, we find in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul actually outlines exactly what the gospel is. This is what he says. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. As far as Paul was concerned, the message of the church is that Jesus died for our sins, but he also rose from the dead. It's not enough for us to talk about the death of Jesus. We need to talk about his resurrection as well. That is the message of the gospel. We actually find throughout Paul's preaching, uh, both in his letters and in Acts, that Paul would preach this message. In fact, Sometimes he would uh, preach not just the cross, he would emphasize the resurrection. He might even leave out any reference to the cross and just focus on the resurrection. Because people understood that people would be crucified back then. But to be raised from the dead, that was something that is so important. In Acts chapter 17, we see an example where Paul is preaching to some Greeks and his preaching is emphasizing the resurrection so much that they think that he is preaching about two gods, one named Jesus 
and the other name Anastasis, which is Greek for resurrection. That's how much the resurrection was a part of his message, that they thought that was actually a separate entity from Jesus. There is a lot of room in our faith for us to disagree about certain doctrines and topics and issues. Uh, there is a lot of room for discussion. But the one area that is absolutely central is that Jesus physically, bodily rose from the dead. We cannot budge on that. That is so important for us to know. If you were to go and talk to people on the street and ask them if they believe that Jesus died on a cross, I would assume that the majority of people would say yes. That is absolutely true. That's exactly what happened. But what would happen if you went back to those same people and asked them, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I suspect that that number would go down quite a bit. It is a lot easier for us to believe that a person could be executed than it is to believe that someone is risen from the dead. People are going to struggle with it. They're not going to be sure how to respond because if it is true, that gives us hope. And hope is a dangerous thing. If Jesus really rose from the dead, that means he is exactly who he said he was. And not only that, by rising from the dead, he has the power to share that resurrection life with us. That gives us hope. And if, I, if we accept that hope, that puts us into a, a place where our entire life is transformed. I remember having many conversations with my dad uh, where we would talk about uh, Easter and the message of Easter. And he would say to me over and over again, when people die, they stay dead. And that's the way it is. And that's what many people feel. The people that we talk to, friends and family, co-workers, uh, fellow students, when we share this message, they may mock us for believing this. Like, How can we, in this modern day of technology, believe that someone has risen from the dead. And yet that is the message of Christianity. We need to share this message. But how do we share this message? Well, we share this message through word and deed. So we have to use our words. We have to share the story. We need to tell people that this is what happened. We need to share the evidence that there is for the resurrection. And there is evidence. It's not just a, a blind leap in the dark. It is rather based on good historical evidence, based on uh, eyewitness testimony of people who saw the risen Jesus. And we need to share these stories. But we also need to share through our deeds. We need to live as if Jesus really did rise from the dead. Because if he did, that needs to transform anything, everything. It transforms the way we live and it transforms the way we die. We need to take these things seriously. We want people to look at us and the way we live and to conclude that, wow, those people really do believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Maybe I need to look into this further. There's going to be people who are going to reject it. But we need to remember that when the women went to the eleven and told them, this, this group of, of disciples who had, had traveled with Jesus and knew him intimately, they doubted. They, they felt like it was too good to be true. 
And people that we talk to, they're going to respond in the same way from time to time. Jesus died on a cross. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus rose from the dead. That's the truth. We believe this. Yes, in this modern day, with all of our science, with all of our technology, we still believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That is the message that the church, and by the church, I mean all of us as followers of Jesus, we need to share that story. We need to share it through our words, by telling people the story of Jesus, but we share it with our deeds as we live a life in the shadow of the resurrection. That is the way we need to live as Christians, to get the message out, the message of hope that this world needs. Let us pray. God, I thank you that Jesus is alive. He is alive and well. He sits on your right hand. He is there for us to have a relationship with, to know and to experience. We thank you for this message. We pray that you would give us opportunities to share this message through our words and through our deeds with those who need to hear it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.